welcome back to our football podcast. Um, you notice I said football because we're switching away from being Manchester United focused purely. We're going to talk about the Premier League in general and I guess any other leagues that take our fancy. Um, so I'm one of your hosts, Imti, and I've got my other host, Aline, with me. Hello, everyone. Glazers out. No, uh, <laughs> we, we've, we've, we've taken a, a decision that it's going to be quite a, quite a pleasant season based on what we've seen so far. And we thought, why not open our horizons and, and enjoy <laughs> the world of football? Um, all types of football, anything exciting, anything interesting. It happens every week. Um, yeah, l- let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. So, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a great idea. Yeah, that's it. I guess there's so, there's so much football going on, and uh, there's so we're we're in the middle of an international break now. There's like a hundred games a week. It feels like at the moment with however many competitions everyone's in. Um, and we got we got opinions on uh, so many other things other than just United. We thought we'll we'll branch out a bit, and maybe we we can involve some of our friends as well who support other teams hopefully at some point certainly and, and actually quite funny I, I just talked about how exciting and great football is and then you mentioned the international break and I thought <laughs> literally <laughs> literally the worst kills, kills, kills all the excitement already right yeah literally the worst part point of the football season but hey maybe the the professional players need a little holiday and to see their um, international teammates <laughs> and friends yeah it's like a little I mean I don't, know about, I don't know about you but I think especially during corona times having an international break seems like the stupidest possible thing you could have Genuinely, um, I don't even see the benefit in it. They, you know, the the teams don't make any revenues. International teams, the the players don't get salary. Yeah, the players give all the money away as well. Um, they get. Yeah. I just can't see what the benefit is. The, if you watch an England game, the players look most of the time. Well, yeah, pretty much all of the time look like they don't care. Probably other than Pickford, who seems you know he's only <laughs> he's only decency yeah, is playing. If he's even England. gonna play now. Yeah. yeah. So um, so watching it, yeah, I, I just don't see the benefits in it. And yeah. it, to the extent where, you know, you've got players like Foden and, and uh, Greenwood and now uh, Sancho, Abraham and Chua just being sent home, they probably don't even care. They probably just say, yeah. you know what, obviously they've let down the country in a way, but at the same time, they get two weeks rest. Um, and, and they could recover and focus on, on the league, which is obviously everyone's um, priorities and, and, and then European football in a few months' time. Listen, you mentioned those three, um, those four or five. Uh, I don't know if you've read just now, Scotland have had three players. One of them, Armstrong, he plays for Southampton. He tested positive for the virus. And because Ryan Christie and Kieran Tierney were in close contact with him, they now have to self-isolate for two weeks as well, which means uh, Tierney's going to miss Arsenal's next game. So he's gone on international break, on international duty. He's now not going to play any of Scotland's games and he's going to miss a game for Arsenal as well, which it just seems like this was just bound to happen right this is, like i don't know how they didn't see this 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 coming but it will pop up i think throughout the whole season i think to the extent where you know fingers crossed it doesn't go this way but i think to the extent where games will literally be defaulted or i don't know called off yeah because it's gonna it, be they won't I mean, have that a happened in that happened in italy right napoli just they had to forfeit their game against juventus because they didn't have enough players um i've seen it happen in rugby recently as well yeah uh, Leighton Orient yeah. in the League Cup for against yeah, Tottenham. That's I, it. That, that, was, that was only a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, I think it will get to a stage where uh, both teams will have a X number of um, people with coronavirus, and it's just whoever's got more coronavirus <laughs> in the team loses the game. Loses the match. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's it. It's whoever has to forfeit the most. Um, but that's the thing: is like footballers aren't immune from coronavirus. Like I know they they seem to do okay post lockdown, but I guess maybe that's because the majority of the country was still on lockdown. I guess, but now that people they come into contact with and are not on as much of a lockdown. The virus is a bit more rampant around the where they are. 
Yeah, um, these guys, you know, they're around the training grounds, especially when they're going on international uh, duty. You know, they then and they go when, home. They go home to their families as well, who yeah. are now not on not on lockdown. So and they're around people then who have come from other countries because they're playing different leagues, etc. Yep. And and you know, you're just increasing the chances. Uh, yeah, they got to att- attend each other's birthday parties and whatnot. Yeah, these <laughs> cr- crucial twenty third b- birthday parties with Sammy Abraham. You know, uh, I don't know. They must be. Ben Chilwell must be really good friends with Abraham in such a short time to have made it onto this twenty-man guest list for his surprise. <laughs> exactly, and and Sancho as well. I know, I know. Obviously, they're mates and stuff, but flying, he must have literally just flown into the country. Um, I know they're all claiming they didn't know how many people were going to be there, but you know, I mean, they're they're young guys, I guess. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Less potential. Well, and yeah. Sancho thought it was just going to be them two. And <laughs> the three, the three of them, yeah. <laughs> just the three of them having a nice yeah. little. Um, get together but you know uh, we're like what we're in october now we're seven eight months into this pandemic uh, i'm kind of losing my sympathy now for some of the some of the people who are breaking uh you know when it happened at first you're kind of like all right i know sometimes the rules can be confusing and i guess sancho he was you know he's just coming from germany maybe he didn't know what the rules were in england yeah potentially yeah but maybe i don't know these guys need better advisors then as well better advisors and better friends <laughs> yeah yeah literally but, i think it's that um but yeah, we won't talk too much about Sancho because otherwise we might end up, you know, breaking down into tears. But mm, possibly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we covered the internationals a bit, I guess, which was more than we planned to. But um, the Premier League's been back now for. It feels like it's been a lot longer because of how many games it's been. But it's about a month, I guess. Is it? It feels like, to be honest, it kind of almost feels like it never left. It feels like post-lockdown Premier League has just been one season. I um, know. Uh, like. I was I was I was saying that we should have had a longer break. They shouldn't have played September at all. I don't think. There's, but um, but the good news is we're back and and somehow Everton and Aston Villa are dominating the Premier League. Um, it isn't the nineteen eighties. They they they're winning it. They, they, <laughs> the, the the cool thing I noticed I saw a tweet. Um, they both are sponsored by Kazoo. Um, so I'm now referring to them as the Kazoo Invincibles. Um, I don't actually know what the company Kazoo is. If you want to sponsor the podcast, Kazoo, feel free. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll promise I'll read. Into yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have discussions. <laughs> yeah, but but incredibly impressive from Villa and Everton. Um, even more so from Villa because okay, first of all, yeah, they, 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 they survived by like a point. Exactly, the they, they 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 literally survived by by the teeth of it. Everton had yeah. you know they they had Ancelotti in from from before back then, and, and Calvert Lewin was started to hit form from kind of second half of last season, but. Villa, let's talk about Villa. They have absolutely, um, they've done incredible, I think. I know it's all very early still. It's still very early in the season. Have they played four games or three games at this point? So they've only played three. Um, yeah. And they've won, they won all three. But usually usually with teams that have that like, early start that are not expected, you know, they win like a 1-0, 2-0. Yeah. Or they scrape through, through a few games. Or they, they've played, you know, the newly promoted teams or something. But, yeah. you know, I mean, Villa beat Liverpool 7-2, which I guess is the standout result of the season. <laughs> the season. And that's the only two goals they've conceded so far as well. To beat the champions 7-2, to beat, you know, arguably the best team in English football 7-2, from a team who, uh, you know, just about survived in the league, it's absolutely astonishing, I think. Um, what a... Yeah, it was it was incredible football. That yeah. that son, that and like I said, that those 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 two they conceded in that seven two was the, there's the only two they've conceded so far this season, which is that's a pretty good start. Because they've current they've currently got the best defense in the Premier League. Wow. Um, which when you looked at them last year, I mean they didn't you know they, you'd expect them to concede two three goals a game last year. <laughs> they've they've done incredibly um, well with the tying down Jack Grealish. Um, bit yeah. sour that we never went for him 
considering apparently uh, Sancho was our priority and that's the reason why we weren't going for Grealish. Um, yeah, and then we've not got Sancho anyway. But. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> you live and you learn, Ed. And um, uh, But yeah, they've just done really well. They signed Ollie Watkins from, um, I think, was it Brentford? Yeah, they signed him from Brentford, Brentford yeah. for 28 million. Quite a big fee. But yeah. He seems to repay the he, he seemed, I think he got something around 25 goals last season for Brentford. So, so you know, the guy can score goals. Um, Ross Barkley bringing him in, I think is a good move because he, he was really good at Everton. He's just kind of had a big dip whilst he's been yeah, at Chelsea. They've got a new centre-back as well, which I'm not sure who, I don't know his name. Um, um, and they got a new centre back. Uh, they've got a um, Matty Kasha right back who, who who had a good season yep. last season for I think Nottingham Forest, um, and then obviously Martinez as well in goal, and and he's really good. I think watch from watching him at the end of last season for Arsenal, he was actually quite good to the extent where I was surprised he never made it into the first team sooner. Maybe uh, matured late in his later years, but yeah, really good look from Villa. Very happy being from um, uh, Birmingham myself. I'm very happy been down Villa Park probably quite quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy. Very happy to see Villa doing. I wanted to co- to continue. I mean, credit them. They 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 had their weak areas, right? Goalkeeper, uh, bit of defense. They they needed another creative midfielder, and they needed goals. And they've gone out and they've bought what you know they've bought in the areas they needed to, which is which we were discussing. Another before. thing, another thing I like with that what they did was uh, with Samata. They got rid of him. You know, they they sold him off. I think I can't remember where he's gone. I think he's gone to Turkish league, and and that was a decision they made within six months of him being at the club. Now clearly they've seen, you know, the guy doesn't fit. He, they gave him a try; it hasn't worked out. Let's move him on. They haven't held on to him. They haven't said no. You know, we'll, we'll bring him back in, which is a really good move because last season they had Wesley and Samata playing in strike for them, um, and I think Davies who who made the occasional appearance and and not pretty much neither or, or any of them worked well for them. So so I like that you know they've they've clearly identified weaknesses and they've and they've gone out there and they and they've made those fixes. I think any club that does that is setting themselves on a good foot uh, and and it gives a good indication of what they're doing. I was I was initially surprised when Grealish signed if I'm being honest I thought he would have moved on um whether it be to United or maybe Arsenal who were linked with him or one of the other top six teams. Um but uh, I, I, I'm really surprised in that that he did sign, and but he's had an incredible, incredible first start to the season. Him and uh, Barkley shows a really good link up, and also he's got a few assists for Watkins as well. Um, yeah, I think the, the only the only thing about his new contract, I mean, he signed a five year deal. Unless he's got a break clause in there, well, like if they get relegated or if uh, certain yeah. things are met. You'd he's assume. kind of priced priced himself out of a move, I think, for yeah. quite a while. You, you'd, uh, you'd assume he's probably got something like that in, but who knows? Maybe something that yeah. will come up in uh, the papers around January or, or next summer time. But yeah, really yeah. good. Everton. Well, let's talk about Everton. Let's talk about uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, DCL. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's got two, two hat-tricks already this season, which is pretty crazy because you know, they've only played like five, six games. Very crazy. One one in the cup, one in one in the league. I, I can I can move beyond that moment last season where he photoshopped some abs onto himself. I'm not too sure why he did that, why he felt the need. You're a Premier League footballer. Everyone thinks you're cool already. Um, but yeah, uh, the guy has been incredible. Um, I think... The, the thing I find most annoying actually about him is I, I, I put him in my team post-lockdown for fantasy football. Um, and he didn't score a single goal or get a single assist. So I thought this season, all right, I'm not going to have him. And since then, he's he's just been absolutely... Tearing it up again. <laughs> so, so, so this is a side note for the listeners. Now that we're not just specifically focusing on Manchester United, you'll hear us refer to our fantasy teams a lot because last season we only ever got points from Fernandez scoring penalties from, from a United. <laughs> this season we could talk about fantasy. Yeah, I'm really happy about because because you you'll frequently hear my frustrations at players that I was going to put in or I took out and they did well. 
i.e. Vardy, who I bought in this week and did nothing for me. But yeah, Dominic Calvert-Lewin <laughs> is in my team now. I'm assuming, is he in yours? Uh, no comment. It's too, it's too long till the next. Uh, you never know who's going to be listening to the podcast. Ah, right? fair, enough, fair enough. There's compet- serious, serious rivals. Serious that, competitors uh, might be using this insight. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I'll, I'll, I'll play my cards. I'll, I'll, I'll show my cards. I've got Calvert yeah. Lewin. You have to have him in. The guy's a goal scoring machine at the moment. Um, I think Ancelotti yeah. spoke about wanting him to be kind of his yeah. taggy. Uh, exactly striker, kind of which yeah. which you know I could potentially see it happening. You know the guy he's just been very clinical. I remember that goal he got against us last season where he just closed down the hair, um, and yep. got the rebound. And I think a striker that does the, that kind of you know kind of eff, uh, selfless running and stuff, you're just gonna make chances for yourself. You're gonna put yourself in the right position. You're gonna get goals, whether it be tap-ins or headers. What you're just putting yourself in the right position. That's the thing we discussed it last season. I can't remember who we were talking about, but we were saying about. Um, it's a bit of like a right place, right time yeah. striker. But I think you were speaking about Agarlo season. Yeah, maybe it was about Agarlo, but that's but that's not a bad thing. That, like, just, if it was if it was so easy, you know, everyone would be doing it, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, it's, it's something that takes a, a skill. But yeah, very happy to see yeah. Everton doing well. Um, purely, obviously, because I do have a, a rivalry with Liverpool. So for for me to see their their fan, their, their their rivals doing well brings me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, credit to Liverpool, they won the league and everything, right? But I mean, it would be kind of fun for us to see if um I love it. Let's say let's say Everton win the league this year, then by the time fans are fans are allowed back in uh, <laughs> back in the stadiums if Everton were champions rather than Liverpool, that'd be that'd kind of soften the blow a little bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and you've seen uh James Rodriguez lift the Premier League. He's had a terrific start, him, De Cure, Allen. Um Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I've, he obviously had a very good World Cup, was it two thousand ten? Was it that? Was it that long ago? I think it was 2014. Um, but since then, his career kind of—I wouldn't say stalled because obviously he won a lot at Madrid, but he never really—he was never a key player, really. There, I think. Yeah, he never tore, he never tore it up like people expected him to. No. Um, I mean, whether that was because uh, Ancelotti got sacked quite early into his career there. Yeah. Um, he never, and then he never really had the backing of Zidane, etc. After that, he he was quite successful um, at Monaco and Porto. So maybe he's the kind of player that just stands out really well when you stick him in kind of a you know mid-table type team. Maybe he's that sort. Maybe of, yeah. and it doesn't do terrifically well in kind of the spotlight that you'd get at Madrid and Bayern and, and those type types of teams. But yeah, yeah, happy for him. But either way, he's I mean he's he's yeah, he started well and he looks good value. I think they paid around twenty million or something for him. What what um, what are your your views so far, uh, MT on kind of our, our kind of rivals, Arsenal, City, uh, Liverpool. Are those are those our rivals at the moment? I thought our rivals are more like West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield, <laughs> Salford, um, yes, Fulham. <laughs> you know those kind of those kind, those kind of teams. No, I, I mean Arsenal have had a better start than I expected. Um, Arsenal are doing that annoying thing where um, they're getting results uh, under the radar. Yeah, they still don't seem to be pertaining playing particularly well no, Aubameyang's don't. form's kind of dried up a little bit and they're still conceding a lot I mean which is nice to see <laughs> so, Aubameyang um, um, an- another member of the infamous um, Rio Ferdinand Rio Ferdinand is the name of my uh, fantasy league team I was very uncreative right. Right. <laughs> a member of the Rio Ferdinand fantasy team and uh, yep. he um, he's on the brink of being uh, transferred out because he's a very poor start to <laughs> the season it costs a lot of money well, so he's done the classic um, Arsenal superstar kind of thing right where they Absolutely, go on fire when their contracts coming coming to an end, like Ozil did. I don't know if you remember when his his contract. Yeah, I remember was he on. became unreal for a few months. I remember. Yeah. And everyone thinks oh, that's it. He's gonna, he's worth the new deal. He gets the new deal, and then it seems to have uh, tailed off a bit. I mean, Aubameyang's. I think is probably a different case to Ozil. I think he he will come good. Event. He will come good again. Um, 
But yeah, I think my my issue with Aubameyang, uh, and well, it's more of an issue with Arteta, I guess, is I, I it just I mean even as a someone who doesn't want Arsenal to do well, it annoys me that he doesn't play Aubameyang through the middle. He always plays um, him on the left, doesn't he? Yeah, the le- and I, I could understand if you had a striker like Aguero, and then you're shifting, or even you know Aguero, Kane, those kind of players. Yeah, and then you're shifting Aubameyang to the wing. Fine, I get it. But he's shifting him to the wing for players like Enketia and Lacazette. <laughs> and even to a point, I could understand Lacazette, right? For for a, for a, to a point, but then once once you decided Lacazette's not good enough to do that number nine rule. Why are you playing Enketia there and playing Aubameyang on the wing? Like he's still done well on the wing, but can you imagine how much better he would be if they got another winger in and played him in his actual position? It's incredible that they haven't just gone out and signed a, a proper left winger type, just a winger and putting Aubameyang yeah. through the middle and Lacazette as a backup. Or even even, so- um, even like they got they got Saka like a, they've got they've got Tierney as a left back now, right? You can yep. play Saka in his actual position on left wing and play. Aubameyang through the middle. I think that would be a lot more effective than having Aubameyang on the left and then Katia. I think Katia in the middle. But I, I mean, I'm not the Arsenal manager, so. I think what Arteta is doing here, and it's slightly, I don't know if the word is disappointing, and maybe it just represents a, de- a decline, um, kind of a similar decline that United have had yep. as well. So I'm not just digging at Arsenal. Um, but the football that he plays and he has played since he's taken over, I think is incredibly. It's, it's very parked bossy and and he hasn't yeah. really been associated with that. Maybe that's because you know he's this suave Spanish man and people and you don't associate. Well, he, was with, he was with Pep, I guess, right? So he yeah. naturally got associated with Pep's with Pep's possession style, style and, and you know tick attacker yeah. and all this kind of Barca style. And and you know you, you assume that he was a good fit for Arsenal because you know yeah. a lot of my Arsenal. I, d- I definitely agree. If you look at the way he's playing, if if Mourinho was playing the same way, then Mourinho would be getting absolutely slated everywhere. <laughs> Um, right, right now, especially, especially you look at those big games that they won towards the end of the last season, and even the, I guess you could say they they won the Community Shield game, even though it was a draw. But um, they they just sit there and just hope Aubameyang does something, which for those big games he has. But you know, that's, if like I say, if if if, uh, if Mourinho did that, he would be getting absolutely slaughtered in the press. This is the strange um, thing. This is the strange thing. So I remember originally when the job became available, Nuno's name was in there, the Wolves manager. Yeah. And I remember saying to my friends, you don't want Nuno. He is a very defensive coach. And, and people don't usually say it because he's got a Wolves team. So they don't assume them to be like, you know, set the world on fire because of the, the caliber yeah. of players, which is fine. Um, but since Arteta has come in, he, he plays five at the back, for example, against West Ham. And, yeah. and, and for me, like I know Ole did it as well in, in the big games. Ole tended to do it in the big games, like if we were playing Liverpool or Chelsea, yeah. etc. One of the you know one of the big teams. Because, you know, we need that reinforcement at the back. And, and you it, want to be adaptable as well to play different, yeah, different but, whatever suits the opposition. Well, but one thing I'm glad about is, as far as I'm aware, I don't think um, Solskjaer has ever done that against a kind of, you know, a traditional team that finishes probably around mid-table and below. Um, not really I can remember not that I can remember it tends to be kind of the top five uh, slash six that that he aims at that tactic at and it works at but yeah I'm just quite surprised that Arteta um, does do that and and, and I know the only reason a manager plays kind of three centre-backs and two when they don't trust the when they don't trust the the centre-backs yeah Yeah, and I know Louise is kind of getting a bit you know Louise has been okay some of the comments I hear but he's been okay because again like like when he won the title with Conte it's because he's got two centre-backs alongside him so he can make mistakes and, and have two people mop up for him so it's a bit of a strange one. Maybe maybe Arteta will change his um, tactics throughout the season and 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 be a bit more creative and a bit more risky. But 
for now yeah. seeing Arsenal play five at the back to me and and no longer you know hashtag the Arsenal way hashtag Patrick <laughs> to the back of the net it's a bit strange see, the thing is yeah we, we say that but I mean I always remember growing up the famous chant right with, with Wenger's teams was always one nil to the Arsenal right yeah so I don't know where they got this tag of playing brilliant football and stuff I don't, I don't know where again it was just because of Wenger's character I think but... it's because Jack Wilshere had a good game against Barcelona once. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. So around that time, that yeah, people started to say, "Oh yeah, Arsenal playing incredible football." When they when they were doing badly, but when they were always successful, I remember them as a very solid defensive unit who used to score maybe a goal a game. I think you're right, um, and I think the the whole kind of Arsenal way slash boss English Barcelona etc. Uh, comparisons yeah. came about when they stopped winning actual titles. Exactly. So when they were actually winning stuff, and that was that was a chant that Arsenal fans themselves used to sing, one nil to the Arsenal, but. Um, but yeah, that's <laughs> slightly off topic, I guess. Um, what, what did we? What have but, you thought so far about um, City start? Because they haven't set the league on fire like they they have in the past when they when they usually. Um... Yeah, I mean they spent a lot of money, right? They spent sixty five million on Diaz. I know he's only been in for one game. Um, Aki was forty million, Torres twenty million. I don't know if they signed anyone else. I think it's just those three. Um, but yeah, they've you know they've carried on how they were playing last season. They looked pretty good in the first game against Wolves. There's a good result. Free was it three one they won, I think. Um, but then yeah, five two against Leicester, one one against Leeds. You know, those are the kind of results that they had last year that means they're not gonna they weren't gonna win the league. Yeah. Because when Liverpool were playing, you know, dropping one point every ten games, if that <laughs> last year. If you if you're losing to if you're getting battered by Leicester and drawing to Leeds, you're never gonna win the league in that kind of situation. Um I think the thing about City that's most disappointing is then it shows that, you know, United had a big opportunity this year. Um, <laughs> same, same with Liverpool getting smashed 7-2 by, um, by Villa. Uh, everyone was saying, oh, you know, like Sancho is not going to make us win the league, that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, and even, but even without Sancho, like, our start's been poor. But the, it shows the opportunity was there. I mean, we were, what, 20, 30 points off of them last year. Yep. But you've seen how they both started this year. It was always going to be a strange season. So you never, if we actually had our act together, we could have. Uh, well, I mean, obviously it's not over. <laughs> it's not over yet. We've only played three games, um, but we've already got a nine-point deficit to claw back to Everton. Um, what do you think? Six. What do you think? Um, top four, six. What do you think is going to look like? Let's say probably six months from now. Six months from now, I think Liverpool City will be back in it. Um, I think going off the start of the season, it's hard to look past. Uh, Everton and Arsenal. Um, based this is obviously just based on these four games. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think United can get a run together. Um, and then I guess we do have to mention that Spurs have uh, looked okay in the last few games. <laughs> um, I think they scored seventeen goals in the last three games. Uh, which I mean, it does help when we conceded six to them, but we, we, we won't. We we don't have to. We don't have to delve on that. <laughs> I've got a little a little funny story for you. So on a Monday Monday night, we're we're recording this on a Tuesday. On a Monday night was yeah. um the the transfer window shut. I kind of I don't know what the word is. Out of desperation, watched the uh, Sky Sports coverage of um right. of the window closing. They had Harry Redknapp in the studio. Harry Redknapp yeah. quite boldly predicted that um Spurs will win the league this season. Ooh, I mean that's a that's a stretch. I, I think I mean they're still in the they're in the Carabao Cup quarters, right? They 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 got an opportunity there. Um, you know, once Bale Bale's fit, I mean that's a pretty formidable front three. If Bale can get to back to his best, Bale, Son, and Kane, yeah, you know, that's a good front three, right? Very strong. Um, 
and they've strengthened in other areas. Well, they've I've I've never seen this Viniscus guy play, um, but he was the top scorer in uh, Portugal last year. Okay. So if he's as good as our Portuguese additions, then he must be pretty decent as well. Um, but yeah, they've got him on loan. Um, I don't think they signed a centre back in the end, but they got Douglas. He's a good player. Uh, who did else did they sign? They signed a Hoiberg. Hoiberg. Yeah, so they made some all right additions. You know, they got a decent. You, you think you think you'd say a squad uh, Spurs over the last few years is their squad was very weak in terms of depth. Yeah, um, but they seem to have solved those kind of issues. Yeah, they've um, also brought in Joe Hart as well. Uh, you know, <laughs> formidable force <laughs> in training. Um, but in all seriousness, yeah, they they have they have strengthened in their weak positions, and I think also it's uh, quite interesting to see that Mourinho has clearly been backed by the chairman um, at Spurs, which I don't think happens should has happened. Yeah, in the past. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if everyone was his top target, but it definitely looks like the positions he's identified that they were weak in that they strengthened. I think yeah. he maybe would have preferred a cent- another centre back as well. Agreed, because he's playing Mourinho loves to sign a centre back, yeah. <laughs> loves to sign a centre-back, right? Yeah, um, so, so it makes sense, and and all the signings, I think they've all been kind of very Mourinho signings as well. They've been. Uh, Re- Regulon, that was the other one they signed. Regulon, Regulon yeah. So they've been very hardworking players. Um, yeah. I, I noticed the TV didn't mention there actually, uh, who, who had a lot of transfer activity with Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about them. <laughs> what, what do you think about them so far? I mean, they look like they've got the same issues as last year, dis- despite how much money they've spent. Um, the kids are the ones who are still scoring the goals. Um, I'm not, I've not been that impressed with Havertz or Werner yet. Um, obviously, they're new to the league, they you've got to give them time to adjust. Um, but their defense still looks shaky, and I know they've signed Mendy, but you know they've not said he's going to be number one straight away. But if Kepa's still their keeper, they're going to have issues. Um, so he's one of the few goalkeepers I think that he just if he thinks the ball's going to go in, he just doesn't bother. It's really strange. <laughs> he just stands there and watches the ball go in. He, he, and, you know, you you want to see a bit of effort from it, even if he doesn't save it. You want to see him go for it, right? It's been a strange um, one for him because I think um, since he's come in, um, his first season he had a really good season and last season he had that weird season. I can't remember which season it was when he told Sarri he's not coming off. I think that was his first season. That was the first, that was the first season. And even then, he, he I mean, he, 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 he didn't set the place on fire, right? He still, he had mistakes in it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think I think the last game that they played, who did Chelsea play on the weekend? Remind me. It's gone out of my mind. They beat someone. I know that. Um I haven't got a clue. They had they had their free free of West Brom the week before, and this year, they this year this week was it four 0 Palace? So they beat Palace four 0 yeah. So they kept a clean sheet. Uh, they had Mendy in goals for that game. Um, and oh, he, is he, he's, did he? Make, he's made his debut. Yeah, he made his debut. Know. Him and Chowa made their debuts in that game. Chowa got I think a goal and an assist. In he scored it. So yeah. Um, so. I think maybe the team is taking a bit of time to get together. You would expect that with how many of the how many signings they've bought, and these are kind of first team signings as well. Werner, so far, I kind of tipped him to be a, a little, bit, you know, a bit of a hot hot striker this season. I, yeah. I, I stuck. Yeah, I mean, I had him in my fantasy team. Yeah, I put, start, him, I put but... him in from week one, and I put him in from week one purely based on the fact that he got twenty eight goals last year in thirty four games in the German league, which is very impressive. And and he's consistently got a high number of goals over the seasons he's played for Leipzig. So I thought this. And he had a, he had, a, he had a long rest as well because he left Leipzig before um, before the Champions League games. So yeah. he had a lot of time to. Um... Refresh. Yeah, he you know he sacrificed a bit of a strange one, but yeah, he sacrificed Leipzig's um semi final and and uh, quarter final because he just 
yeah, didn't fancy it. Um, and also, I watched a video of him on YouTube in Chelsea training, and he looked really good. So I thought, yeah, this is going to be my striker. Um, <laughs> so far, I think he's only got a goal. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that goal's in the League Cup. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's got a Premier It was a decent finish. Yeah, it was a good finish. It was a good finish. So maybe he'll take his time. Possibly the curse of Chelsea striker um, struck strikes again. I don't know if he's wearing the number nine. No, Abraham is wearing the number nine. I was going to no, say Abraham signed it. Um, but yeah, maybe the, the curse of a being a Chelsea striker is going to strike again, and maybe Liverpool potentially uh, dodged a bullet because he was highly linked to Liverpool as well. Um, I mean, I still think I still think he'd be an upgrade on Firmino, but that's a, that's a different conversation, I guess. <laughs> So, so yeah. for, for me, I think my top four, let's say, let's say six months, so I'm calling it the half, kind of halfway point. I'm not too sure yeah. what point it will be at this point because the Premier League fixtures are weird uh, this season. But like, yeah, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking definitely Liverpool, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, probably Chelsea, um, probably Leicester, and I think probably Everton. There's um, so no, no City. You're not having City in the top four. City, I'm putting them around fifth. Um, because I think they they don't have a striker. The striker's out for I think. Actually, that's a good point. It depends on a lot. Does depend on Aguero getting fit. And something that I've witnessed with Sterling when they make him their kind of main forward forces. I don't know, and this is something you see against United a lot. Tends to bottle it a lot when it comes to like the really big moments. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a very he's a very good player, but he's, yeah. he's not a striker. Right? Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a really good player. player. But I've noticed when the when the pressure's on, um, I don't know. I've never seen him kind of take a neck. You know, you'll see De Bruyne take the game game by the kind of by by his neck yeah. and, and really dominate that game. I've never seen Sterling. The kind of same for England as well. When when we were, had that World Cup run, it didn't really he didn't really stand out. I don't know. I just I've never really seen him stand out in the game and been like that kind of difference. You know, winning the game, and he tends to get goals when you know City are absolutely smashing teams seven one, where they were literally walking the ball into the net um, you'll, you'll see he gets kind of usually ends up getting a two goals or a goal um, I think there was there was a there was a brief period when um, when Mourinho was still in charge of United when we were trying to chase them down um, where he was really good yeah he he used to they used to win one nil like every week and it was like ninety fifth minute Sterling like every season, yeah <laughs> every week yeah um, and even for England after the World Cup that Nations League run he was um, good yeah. he was he was really good for that but so I think he does have his he does have his patches where he he is the key so. So, so, my, um, so that's my prediction. I'm putting, I'm putting them at fifth, and it's probably going to be incredibly wrong. I just, if I, if I, so if, you're putting, I if you're putting City at fifth, where, where do you see us in six months' time? If I'm being completely honest with you, um, yep. my prediction before the season, and I really wish I'd put this in a tweet. It was a tweet I wrote in my head, and I just never posted. It, <laughs> was I would, I was going to tweet that we will be incredibly lucky to finish top six uh, based on the squad that that we had. Uh, I think incredibly lucky um, because purely because all the competition improved around us. Every single, yeah. every single else made improvements in their weaknesses, and we didn't. The only improvement we made was getting Henderson back in, which was always going to happen yeah. anyway. And he's an incredible keeper, but that's probably the only improvement we made because for two reasons: number one, it puts pressure on their hair; number two, it gives us an option of playing Henderson. Yeah. So, so, so I can only see that as a win-win situation for us. But then, you know, I, of course, yesterday we confirmed uh, Teles Cavani. Um, we signed we, about 150 players, I think, on the deadline day. We signed uh, 140, 148 of them were for the for the academy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so we we signed Van der Beek earlier on in the window, and, and I'm happy with him as well. But probably not necessarily would have been like one of my first choices as an area of improvement. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think central midfield for for it's probably the first time in probably about 100 transfer windows that I didn't think central midfield was somewhere that we needed to strengthen. Yeah, agree. Um, having the, said that, I'm much happier having. Donny come off the bench, then Lingard and Pereira. Yeah, completely agree. And, and also, you know, we did the inevitable. We got rid of Andreas Pereira off, off yeah. on loan. 
Um, wish him luck. Hope he has a great season, but glad that he's not in the team at the moment. Um, we, we signed uh, two guys who I've never heard of, and I'm not going to pretend I have. So Armad Truore and Facundo Palistri is his name. I've written it down because I just don't nice, know him. Nice pronunciation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I've never heard of these guys, but the Traore guy has a lot of uh, hype around him. We've probably all watched the same YouTube videos at this point. Um <laughs> because there isn't much con- uh, footage of him because he's only made a very limited number of appearances for uh, Atlanta. Um, yeah. Um, but but yeah, okay, he comes in in January. Maybe he's good. Maybe maybe he's not. I, I don't have a clue at this point. We didn't end up getting a right winger. Um, you know, we had all this kind of Sancho talk. Well, suppose, supposedly Palestri and Traore are, are right wingers. Um, whether Palestri is going to play straight away, I don't know because he's, he's young, he's 18. Yeah. The same with Traore even when he comes in. But... Yeah. And I've been reading that apparently Oli's Oli been saying to Traore that he thinks he can make an impression in the first team. I'd love it straight away because he does look but, good from the footage I've seen. He seems like you know kind of skilly, tricky winger, yeah. um, which is which is fantastic. So maybe for the money they paid for the money they paid, so I think it's like twenty one million euros up front yeah. and another twenty in add-ons. Um, and at eighteen, he's not he's not someone that I'd want to see go into the youth setup. I'd want to see him be involved from from the get go. I'm not saying I'm not saying he has to be a starter, but at least on the bench and you know involved in the games. Like I don't want him to be like how Chong was last year. Basically, is what I'm saying. I completely um, agree. I think they should put him straight into the first team purely because yeah. you got to think as well from a, a kind of the squad dynamics. Even in that under twenty one slash reserve team, you bring in a player who United have just spent twenty one million on. <laughs> exactly. How yeah. how does that not upset the rest of the team? Yeah. I don't understand. So so yeah, I think they've got to stick him in the main team. And the other thing is like he's only he's only a year younger than Greenwood. Yeah. Um, so for the money they paid, if he's if he's worth that money, then he at that age he does need to. I mean, I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to put too much pressure on him. I mean, he's not going to listen to the podcast, but <laughs> maybe. maybe <laughs> um, <it is. laughs> um, you know, Green, obviously Greenwood's a special special player, but you'd expect if you're spending that kind of money on an 18 year old, he's going to be some. He's going to have something to do with the first team squad. I hope at least. You would assume um, definitely. You would assume, but yeah, look, come on. It was very clear that we wanted Sancho as our number one. All. Yeah. All summer it was. Remember that first week of August where we there was all those rumors that he was signing before the when when he, when he posted that Nike that Nike advert yeah. with him and Rashford. Oh, I thought, all right, it's it's, it's, it's done. done. He's he's, he's going to be announced tomorrow. This is like Pogba and Adidas all over again. It was. And I think one thing I do think um, is that he did want to come, uh, and I think that purely because of the activity over the last week where he just didn't show up. Well, apparently he was yeah. sick, but he then he then got on a plane <laughs> to get go to his little three-man party with a Tommy Tammy yeah. Graham. So, so he's clearly probably not that sick. Um, so maybe, you know, he did have us on his mind. Um, and he also, the thing that also kind of makes me think that he did was he himself never said, I'm staying at Dortmund. And it's not hard no. for a player to do yeah. that in this day and age. You literally have to send a tweet or an Instagram post. Um, especially especially when you got that long of a contract. Yeah. And, uh... So so the fact that he never did that makes me think he did want to. He also, you know, he's, he's, he's a young player. He obviously doesn't want to upset the Dortmund fans if he had, does have to stay. So he didn't throw his, you know, his boots down and say I'm going to yeah. go drive to the training ground like um, Odom Wingate did a few years <laughs> ago. Um, <laughs> that would have been a good one. Yeah. Just take, taking a plane and self-isolating outside Old Trafford That's for two it. weeks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so obviously, I, I think personally that he probably did want to come and it just didn't work because um, Edward would wanted to offer however 20 million less than Dortmund made it clear it wasn't, I don't know, if some... So I'm, if, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, well, yeah, Woodward's offer was probably 60 million up front, 60 million if he becomes prime minister. Another another sixty if uh, I don't know if he f- discovers the vaccine to coronavirus. Twenty million if he <laughs> wins the World Cup on his own, just him, <laughs> him entered as a national as a nation. Yeah. Um, you know things, little things like that. Another fifteen if he wins Wimbledon. 
Yeah. So, um, and I assume it probably but, was something ridiculous like that. And 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 following some of the journalists I do on social media, a lot of the kind of ones who work with operate around the German league have said from day from a few weeks ago, Dortmund were laughing at how United had treated the negotiation. And and well, I, th- I, I think apparently there was yeah pretty, from pretty early on they realised United were just going to mess this up. Yeah, wasting um, wasting their time. And from early they said, look, here's the price. Give us the money. Yeah, you and, either and pay it or you don't get yeah. it. Which, I, I mean, I, d- I don't think the price was a fair price. So, th- I mean, from that perspective, I understand why United felt they wanted to negotiate. But it seems pretty clear that Dortmund said there's no negotiations here. So at that point, they should have moved on to another other target. Yeah, exactly. So, um, if, so if Dembele was the second option or whoever else was on this list, um, then... then yeah, that, sh- that, shouldn't have ha- that shouldn't have come up in the last week of the window. That no. should have been... You know, I mean, if we if we knew it and we're nobodies, then why why didn't they know it? We're cl- <laughs> look, they're clearly panic buys. Cavani, okay, tell us probably not. Uh, Cavani, yeah, definitely a panic buy. You could have got him before the start of the season and got him integrated into the team, played him. You know, came around the players. Um, I doubt Cavani would have said no, no, please, I want another two months off. You know, you know, these are professional <laughs> I think, players. I wouldn't I wouldn't use the phrase panic per se. Um, I think Dembele would have been a panic buy. Yeah. Because um, I still think they would have, I mean, by all accounts, they still were trying for Sancho after they got Cavani. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily think he was a panic buy per se. Because the, the things I was reading was that they did negotiate early on, but his demands were ridiculous at the start of the, at the, start of the transfer window. Um, whereas now towards the end of the window, his options are obviously less because everyone's saying we're not giving into the demands. Ha, so that his demands are now more reasonable now. Has but, there been any information on what his salary is? I don't know. I haven't seen anything. Um, well, the BBC article said that it fits United's pay structure, whatever that means. So it means he's not on more than De Gea and or Pogba, I guess. So it gives. Yeah, um, so you'd assume he's probably so right. You, you, you got you got an up you got an upper limit there. Yeah. Okay. There's no. That's according to according to the BBC article. Yeah. Which they made it very clear. So obviously United have leaked that, like they've said that in their statement to the BBC. I think because the, they that was in the article from the from the. The, the only thing that worries me is um, I, I don't have the quote in front of me. I wish I did because it would sound funny if I read it. But the quote was his agent came out to say when Atletico accused um, his agent of kind of being a leech and all that kind of stuff. The yeah. quote was if if we cared about the money. Uh, he would go to United or Chelsea. Um, oh, did his agent say that? I, thought, I think his I agent thought, said it. Um, and 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 obviously now he's ended up at United. Look, long story short, <laughs> I like him. Um, Look, he's he's a good player. His record speaks for himself. Yeah, he's got like three hundred goals in five hundred games. Exactly. So. As a football player, as a, he's he's incredible. You know, he's a top talent. He, yeah. He's top bracket in as a striker. Probably not right now, but he was at one point for sure. Um, Even like yeah, and people talk about his age, but he's younger than Vardy. He's only just older than Aguero. Like, you know, there's no reason why he can't if he can keep his fitness. There's no reason why, and we've we've lacked like a well, Igalo did well when he came in, and Martial's obviously had a, his probably his best season for a while. Yeah, but it's probably since is it probably since it's since Van Persie? Well, we had Lukaku, I guess. Um, mm. So yeah, so definitely since Lukaku, we've been missing that kind of proper number nine. But he wasn't there for that long, so I guess yeah, you could say since Van uh, Van Persie, mm. that, that probably the Last time we had a um, a number nine that everyone loved. <laughs> my, my my expectation um, for for Cavani is I want him in the box. I want him one touch goal. I want because uh, yeah. I think that's what we miss so badly and and hold up when necessary, but also just being in the right place at the right time. Igalo shows only, little glimpses of it, but yeah. you know I don't expect. Igalo. My only worry is um, so our wingers. If you take if we call our first choice wingers at the moment, I guess Greenwood and Rashford. Yeah. 
is they are both kind of strikers themselves. They so are. they yep. they will tend to cut inside and go for the shot rather than cut inside and go for, cut go outside and go for a cross. It's very true. And our fullbacks, I mean, Telus he's Telus has got a good assist record, but mm-hmm. obviously Telus, I think he's actually had, but, uh, we've not seen him play yet. Um, and everyone knows Juan Basaka's. He, I, I, I don't. I think there's his struggles going forward are over, overrated by, um, not overrated, over, over exaggerated by sometimes our lack of ability to finish. <laughs> but, um, but still, he's not, he's not, he's not Trent, for example, yeah. going forward. Yeah, agreed. Um, obviously, he will have the the positive is Bruno will be should be able to pick him out. Um, but it would be nice to have like uh, this is when you kind of wish you had someone like Beckham. Beckham playing on the right wing, right? That he could. You'd imagine Cavani would love to have that kind of player behind. I just can't remember the last time we had a player that could just consistently put a really good cross in. Um, I felt like Lukaku. There was a there was like a ten there was like a ten game period where Valencia kept finding Rooney's head and Rooney kept. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, just just for ten games, and then Valencia went back to just drilling it. And then then Valencia said, "No, no, no more in the air." (laughs) Would do the little stutter and just drill it. Just gonna smash smash it across the floor every single. He's like, "Wow!" Every single time. uh, What would happen if I smash this as hard as I could? Um, yeah, there was that period. I remember even Ashley Young had a period as well where he could get, put good crosses in. Actually, yeah, Young Young's always had a good cross on him. I guess his, his problem, I guess, was getting in the right in the right position for it. And then, um, and then, as I just mentioned as well, Lukaku had a good cross on him, but he was supposed to be the guy on the end of the cross. <laughs> on the end, end of the cross, yeah. um, that's true. So it's been a while. Um, like uh, I don't know, it's been a long time because, like you said, Greenwood. That's, what, that's and why Rash- I wanted Sanchez to have a proper player who actually wants to play on the wing. Um, yeah, because uh, I mean, I was discussing with one of my friends the other day, and they were saying, "Oh, you know, forwards should be adaptable and stuff." But I think they've shown in recent years, not just at United, but forward, they're not as adaptable as they used to be. You know, players have a position that they want to play, and for some reason, it seems to always be left wing. <laughs> yeah, there's, right? there's, there's, there seems <laughs> um, to be a lot of right wingers. Yeah, they love cutting in on their right foot. I guess now nowadays, um, it is the case, and it probably explains why Sancho is a right winger because he's left footed. Um, so, yeah, maybe possibly, possibly yeah. so. Um, what do you, but you miss so that you don't, we don't have those kind of old like Robin could do both, I guess he could cut inside on his left or go out or and give a give good cross, a cross but... yeah. So, what what did you think so far? Of uh, I know we've spoken about the United start to the season because we are both United fans, as everyone knows. Um, I mean, the palette, the Palace game was kind of, I just, I mean, that's that just seems like that's what we do, right? When <laughs> Even even post lockdown, the Spurs game was pretty disappointing. The first game back, we just always seem to have a stinker on the first. The Palace game, the I wasn't game surprised by purely because I feel like the team hadn't changed in any way since the yeah. end of last season, and we had, I think, just dragged ourselves to that third place. It wasn't we didn't we did it convincingly the first half of return to lockdown. lockdown After yeah. that, we were dragging our feet, and the game against True. Leicester was a good finish. Um, Brighton even even that wasn't the best yeah Brighton <laughs> um, um, we won I'll be honest um, we didn't deserve to win that game um, Brighton hit the post I think five times we scored a penalty after the fi- final full time we had gone <laughs> which I know is a bit of a narrative because it was a penalty but it's just quite it, funny that we scored a yeah, goal it was, it was a great penalty right yeah um, it's just quite funny and also delightful to see uh, Morpe um, regret his yeah, piece of celebration it, it was worth it it was worth it just for that even if um even if Fernandez had missed, which he do- he doesn't miss penalties, so it's not an issue. But yeah. even if he'd missed, it just seeing Morpe's face would have been. Yeah, it was priceless. It was a good moment. And then Tottenham. Oh, so Tottenham. Um, there's a lot to say to summarize. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go before. into it too much. Yeah, <laughs> it was just a. It was pretty much yeah. abysmal. I think you know the defense 
was non-existent. I'm glad to see Bayi had a uh, a game. But well, that's the thing. We were quite excited to see him we start, were... and then he's he had a stinker. Maguire had a stinker. I think Wan Bissaka. He didn't really do too much wrong, but he didn't really do anything right either. And Shaw. I mean, I I like Luke Shaw a lot, but that was one of the worst left back performances I've seen in in my life. But it was um, it was one of the worst fullback performances I've seen in my life since Gareth Bale versus Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like we there's the I think it was the Son Son second goal, the, their fourth. Um, I'm watch, we're watching it and you can see they passed like Aurier's just got the entire right hand side of his pitch to him, himself. And I'm like screaming at the TV to Sean, like, why aren't you, you're like, why are you, he's, he's marking, he's marking Lamella in the middle. Yeah. And then the worst thing is, so Maguire has to go out to cover, even though Aurier's got all this time. And then the Shaw then leaves his position in the middle and lets Saunders have a clean, clean run. It was like, if you're not going to go out to the left back, at least stay with the guy in the, and, and, in the middle. And what about that footage we, I, I shared with you yesterday? How yeah, so that, was, so that was the one. Heartbreaking. Yeah, then see, Heartbreaking hearing De Gea saying, no, Luke, 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 no. <laughs> you, you hear it. Um, he, he could have put it into Star Wars, that, like, to someone shout. Honestly, it was heartbreaking to hear him say, Luke, no, no, you hear no, it. No, Luke. No, and then he just gets not begged yeah. by son. Yeah. Um, oh, honestly, yeah. it, it was uh, it was one of the, yeah, probably the worst performance I've seen us um, uh, since, obviously, the City game. Um, oh, yeah, but Shaw, Shaw himself was one of the ones who said that we need more competition in the squad. He did. And we've... We've got we've got that now in left back with Talise, so you know hopefully that brings the best out of both of them because I still think Shaw's got a big role to play at the club. Do you think? Um, do you, I do you think um, Solskjaer might be thinking about playing Shaw at centre back? I think I could see it in some of the games. I mean, he, he did pretty well there in that three at the back. Um, I don't know if I would trust him there as a part of a two. Um, I mean, <laughs> worth a go <laughs> at the moment. Because um, I think, I mean, I really like Maguire. I think he's done a good job since he came in, but he's he looks shot for confidence at the moment. I don't know whether the incident in Greece and whatnot is. Yeah, I uh, agree. It's not helping him, but he he just doesn't look as he doesn't look at the player he was last year. Definitely, um, I think I think uh, my, same opinion as you. I think if we put Shaw in a three, then yeah, sounds like a good idea. Possibly in a two, probably for my liking, he's a bit short for centre back in a two, but you know maybe it can work. Um, Maguire again last season very good. This season hasn't had a good start. I, I I can't I can only attribute it to the the incident in Greece because that's the only thing that yeah. really come so out which seemed different. Yeah, yeah. and and that it does sound like something traumatic he went through. I can imagine it's had an impact. You know, he had all the eyes. Yeah, of the world. I mean, well, obviously I watched the interview with him. It was pretty sad watching watching him for sure. Um, but you know, at some point he's a professional, so he needs to. Yeah, he needs to get over it. Um, for sure. I was, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy thing to do, like, uh, but. He needs to. He needs to do something. Whether he needs a break, I don't know. I'd Obviously, be, when I say a break, I don't mean another holiday. But please, please <laughs> avoid Greece, Harry. Um, <laughs> but maybe if he just needs some time away from the game, maybe I don't know, a couple of weeks. Like the international break would have been perfect. If, if, unfortunately, he's, he's off on England duty. But if he could have had a couple of weeks just to get away from things, I do think um, he should. He nice. should remain captain. So, so a lot of the tweets I see, I, th- I think I really yeah, I, the I wrong. Have no issue with that, with yeah, they were they were saying he should be dropped because there was a bit of footage of him not um, not being aggressive. To to the referee and uh, but even that is um it's misleading if yeah watched, it is if for sure then, um, yeah the whole yeah. the whole kind of clip shows that he does inquire and and you, you know he, he isn't it, i don't know why but our fans really want him to be screaming in the referee's face and i think you know if, if <laughs> they just miss they just miss working i guess yeah and i think um, you know what fair enough you know he's being himself and apparently yeah. um, off the pitch and and he he does a lot i've seen that he does a lot for the squad in terms yeah, of team I mean, morale and all that kind of stuff i've got no issues with him being captain personally. yeah i but, think i think for now he's he's our best fit 
for 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 now for, based on on the kind of the, the players we have and all that kind of stuff um special shout out to Patrice Evra for his um post match on Sky Sports <laughs> that was the most entertaining thing I've probably seen in a while um I really felt his genuinely felt his pain um and and obviously I, mean, I, I do goes, think sometimes he goes a bit overboard but um yeah I think he's a bit emo- emotive um, this time I think him ask, him saying yeah I want to cancel my contract with Sky that's kind of how I felt. Like I was like, "Why am I paying to watch this?" <laughs> yeah, and him saying that <laughs> someone in the club, and I love how he kind of first said, "I'm not a violent man," but someone yeah, at the but, club needs a slap. <laughs> that's it. He was like, "He was like, I don't, I don't promote the violence, yeah. but, but everyone there needs a slap." <laughs> yeah, and, and and my favorite part as well was um, you could see Sunez obviously, you know, having the time of his life. Um, yeah, so it was then, nice for, to be having brought back down to earth. It was, it was, it was absolutely beautiful to see um, him, yeah, brought back down to earth, and also. Also, Liverpool's loss really took away the spotlight from our loss, um, which I was really glad about. Um, cause... Well, that's the thing is most most of the uh, banter per se would probably have come from Liverpool fans, right? Exactly. So, no. have, having their results straight after is definitely. But what I love as well is uh, any kind of pundit who might have offered an explanation as to why we were so terrible. You could literally respond, "Yeah, but the champions of England just done something <laughs> worse, and they exactly. had exactly." That's the thing. So with with us, with us like. Um... We had people like suggesting that like, you know this defense is horrendous, blah blah blah. You know these are terrible players; they shouldn't be playing for Man United. But no one was no one was saying that about Van Dijk, etc. I guess maybe they've had a higher ceiling recently, but yeah, and and, know, and because you have one absolute stinker doesn't mean you're exactly. A terrible player. It, it really highlights that you know football is a very much on the day thing. Yeah, form yeah. comes into it as well, but there's a percent. Yeah, any, anything can happen. Yeah. And I guess that's the whole beauty of the game. Um, are you uh, th- this weekend? Uh, I say this weekend, next round of fixtures, which is in two weeks' time. Um, yeah. Excited upcoming fixtures. Some of one of the ones I've pulled out. Everton, Everton yeah, Liverpool would be good, Everton I think. That'd be, be a terrific game. Top of, top of the table clash, I guess. Um, yeah, to see Everton versus Liverpool, I think that would be a really good game. Um, I'm really hoping. That's definitely best, I guess. Isn't it? Definitely. Um, and then we've got City versus Arsenal coming up. Um, kind of the battle of uh, Pep and, and, and Arteta. Uh, ex- X. Yeah, I mean, City always always tend to do well against Arsenal, so um, maybe that'll be a return for form for them. Exactly. Um, there's yeah. a chance for us to claw back some points. <laughs> yeah, you know, ideally you'd hope that they kind of draw these games. Uh, you just hope that every single fixture I've just about to mention is a draw because it gives us some kind of hope of uh, clawing back points. Probably not going to happen, especially with the way... Who, 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 we've got Newcastle. We have Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. So I've heard that Cavani might not be able to play because he has to isolate, which is a big bummer. So, so is he COVID um, positive, or is he just been in contact? Well, it's just because um, he was in France, and the ah. rules, of, the government, government rules at the moment are two weeks when you come from France. So, assuming <sighs> even if he arrived today, he's then not available till the twenty first. So, so um, I can tell you who probably the happiest person in Manchester is right now, and that is Uncle Odia Nagalo, because it sounds like <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's in line for a start, right? Martial's out, uh, Cavani's potentially out, and Cavani might miss the PSG game as well which is a shame. Ah, that would um, be terrible because I'm really looking forward to him playing against them. Um, yeah, I think he would have been very, 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 very motivated for that. But, I mean, this I mean, is a slightly different issue, but this does raise the question, right? So, the government guidance at the moment is if you've been in Paris, you have to isolate for two weeks. Yep. Our entire squad and coaches are going to go to Paris for uh, for a football match. Um, ah, it's a good point. Are we exempt? Well, so I did hear there's a there's an exemption for elite athletes as long as you're in part of a bubble. But you know, I mean, the, where does the bubble start? Like, there's the bubble all the way from the like, uh, you know, how are they going to get protected at the airport? That kind of stuff. Um, it's a complicated one. Could his image of the squad being placed in one of those Zorb balls? Uh, <laughs> 
transport. Just rolled, rolled, rolled from the airport to the, to, to the hotel and stuff. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the solution. I don't know, but that's something to keep. That's something to keep in mind. I, I kind of think like uh, the same with the internationals. The international should have been postponed to the end of the season. I think, and maybe, of course, yeah, of course maybe the European competitions as well. I, I really, I really like the. Um, the sort of one start, one one leg knockouts that the the Champions League and Europa League came into in, in neutral arenas as well. It kind of felt like a World Cup. Yeah, it was incredibly exciting, wasn't it? Yeah, I actually quite enjoyed that format as well. Um, I think we ended up getting a lot better games than uh, when you look at like how Atletico played against Liverpool, for example. Yeah. Defending for 180 minutes, basically. <laughs> Yeah, and um, generally speaking as well, the first legs, they're just not very exciting affairs. Um, yeah. Because you know there's a whole another 90 minutes to go, so anything can happen. Yeah. Basically, basically, most teams, especially if it's big like big teams playing each other, they just don't want to be out of the game by the second leg. Yeah. So I as long as they're still in it, they'll back themselves. But I think it probably... Whereas at least with the first leg, it was pretty, it gave us some pretty exciting games. Maybe um, a possible solution, once uh, even once the fans are allowed back in, is to just move it to neutral venues, one one game, one one leg. Probably. I, I would definitely say, like maybe like quarterfinals onwards, you just group the last... That's the last eight, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. You, you group the eight teams together in a neutral location. The yeah. only thing, the only thing I guess then is it does make it harder for the fans to get there. Yeah, um, true. But you know, it could help spread football if you go to some random places and play play the Champions League. Yeah, um, Champions you, League you still get that. You still get the hardcore fans would turn up still. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and you can get make it. You could expand the audience a bit as well. So I think it'd be pretty interesting. But do you think um, yeah. Villa will continue their undefeated run? They've got a game against Leicester the last game. Uh, it's got it's got it's got to give at some point, right? I guess uh, Leicester. I know they just got beat by West Ham. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one. Um, I'll, I'll call that one as a draw. Maybe they... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to back Villa here on this one just because yeah. um, I'm going to stick to stick to my old roots and 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 say Ollie Watkins will probably get a couple. Um, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that because Vardy is in my my FPL team, so um, I should really want him to score. Well, you can score. You can score in a defeat, I guess. Right? Yeah. Well, if anyone, um, you know, if anyone wants their team to win, um, just let me know and I'll put their players in my team and and I'll, that will ensure they will get no points. No points. Just give me a shout, and yeah, it's not a problem. Yeah, I'm planning on putting the entire uh, Liverpool team in my team. Yeah, I'm going to make about seven seven teams and just cover all of our rivals off, yeah. off in it. But I'm going to put my uh, forward yeah. Callum Wilson and uh, Andy Carroll uh, just <laughs> to make sure they don't score. I would do a minus four points for that. Yeah, just to, just 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 to take one for the team. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, um, I think it's been a good good return for us. We we covered most things, and uh, yeah, this gives us more to talk about. I guess now that we've more. More general, um, but yeah. So we've, yeah, we've covered a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll be back. I, I don't know if actually we'll probably be it'll probably be another while of a break because I don't think we're going to do anything during the international break, um, unless something incredibly exciting happens. Yeah, unless yeah, I suppose the the transfer window for domestic transfers are still open till the sixteenth. So unless something crazy, if something crazy happens, maybe we'll do another <laughs> another episode. Um, sure. But yeah, uh, so if you enjoyed listening to us, we've kept our name the same. We never mentioned that, I guess. But if you're listening to it, you already know the name. So it's still going to be never ignored. So we're never ignored on Twitter, never ignored on Instagram, and never ignored on Facebook. Um, so if you enjoyed it, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye.